Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Breaking the cans of his head and using his ass to destroy Austin's car. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 19th of October in the year of our Lord 2000. All Saints, Saints and Sinners. That album was Black Coffee and Pure Shores. Which is for the film The Beach. Great which song. Which may be the best song for the worst film. <laughs> <laughs> Nutty Professor 2 The Clumps strong. <laughs> the worst song for the worst film <laughs> Yes Unchained Melody The hit single from Nutty Professor 2 The Clumps <laughs> Charting 10 years ago As prior. sung by the Clumps Because apparently because right. apparently God is dead <laughs> In brackets Clump, clump Mega Mix <laughs> Uh, 17 October, BBC One is the network TV premiere of Men in Black. <laughs> is it is it a quiet one this week, mate? <laughs> and the main story this week, how dare you say that, Tom? It's always a busy week. The flagship BBC One news programme, the nine o'clock news, ends after a run of 30 years after BBC early announced that the nine o'clock news was to move to 10pm. <laughs> That's a horrible name for sure, 10pm. The BBC News at 10, oh, I see, they're renaming it, is launched on Monday the 16th of October. The change attracts criticism from both the National Consumer Council and the Culture Secretary, Chris Smith. <laughs> the BBC 9 o'clock news also moves to its dedicated channel on the same day. ITV later announces attention to reinstate the News at 10 from January 2001, stating... The nine o'clock news wars. <laughs> that will be legendary. And I've got to hope there's a podcast about that. And yes, Tom, it is a very, very quiet, slow week in the world of reality. If we're still talking about the bloody news at 10, the battle. I'm just thinking That's of... the headliner. I'm just thinking of... Um... The nine o'clock news wars being Trevor McDonald a minute into the show going and on the BBC right now they're going to be talking about flash floods in in Cumbria and uh, the win of Manchester United. Okay, now you can stay here where all the action is. Yeah. Oh, the uh, BBC. Fans, just... If you even think of turning over to BBC One, let me just tell you, Pinochet is still on war crimes. <laughs> there. <laughs> I just saved you one boobless hour. <laughs> If you wanted to think of turning over to BBC One now, Moira Stewart, who used to be here making the tea, is over there <laughs> presenting the evening news. That'll put a few butts in the seat. Wait, no, come back, come back. <laughs> Looking at the ratings, going, ooh. 
Whoop. Oh no, it was a horrible thing to say. I regret. God this. bless you, Morris Stewart, forever reminding self-employed people to do their tax return. God bless you. <laughs> yes, and shout-outs to Trevor McDougal. <laughs> all these years. I think only Photoshop John's going to get that. But that was all <laughs> the boring tedium of reality in this period of history. What was happening in the WWF? Who ran over Stone Cold? It was Rikishi. What do you mean I've been paying attention <laughs> to these previous that, podcasts? Yeah. You silly people. <laughs> well, anyway, well, that's right. We're now at the post-Rikishi is a bad, bad man period of wrestling. But what's happening on the wonderful world of everything else? Join me and Tom Campbell and some dodgy Zoom backgrounds as we have a look at the Cold Dollar Classic Smackdown review for the year of our Lord, 2000. I'm Matthew, and this is Tom. Dun, 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 dun. Sorry. <laughs> Fantastic. And the SmackDown podcast has hit a roadblock. Oh, never. Coming out of the drive. <laughs> this is... We, we, <laughs> thud. We've stalled and, and hit the garage door, forgetting that we have to press a button to open it. That's essentially what's happened here. <laughs> but Matthew, it is an honour and a privilege to be with you once again. Uh, is uh, It's been at least a week since we caught up in those seven days. Uh, I Now that the restrictions are lighter, I took the initiative to go home for the first time since Christmas to go and see my mum and dad and my brothers. And on both occasions, my dad and I went to the pub up the road. And we sat in the beer garden and just sort of held court with lots of people coming in and out. And the moment I tur- we turned the Zoom cameras on, uh, Matthew says, is it quite, have you got quite a bright light on where you are? And I was like, nope, I am just sunburned from the- the- capturing the two days of beautiful weather that the UK has every year. And I've got what is described, I think, as a, as a trucker's tan going on, where like I've got a lovely suntan that just, just about wraps up up my elbow. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, you just pulled that up. It's yes. a, it's a, it's a it's a beauty of a look. Oh. I'm proud of it. It's one that I'll 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 have with me. Uh, it was just nice. It was nice just to see my family. It was nice to see my niece and my nephew and actually spend some time with them and like catch up with what's been going on. Even though like nothing's been going on because that's the whole premise of the last horrible twelve months. But it's it, it also kicked my butt into gear because uh, I mentioned last week. Do I'm I'm shedding for the wedding uh, for um. Uh, a wedding that we've got coming up next month, uh, not mine. But uh, the plan is that I've just I've just got fat in lockdown, and it's made me really sad. So I started this week, and and hopefully by the time you're hearing this on Saturday, I have maintained a full week of it. I started couch to five k, and so I started it. I started it Monday morning, and I've done it every other day since. And it's it's a humbling reminder of just how out of shape I got. But it is a delightful self knowing that when I go to bed at night, I've I've at least done something about it, you know? That sounds lovely, Tom, and I do appreciate your lovely tan. I am looking at you now thinking of the Royal Rumble 2000 audio from the Red Hook District of Brooklyn. (laughs) Tom! And then you are going, it's Tom! It's Tom! Hey, Lola! That's a good idea. If you haven't lost enough weight, you just get his tan more. So people aren't going to care about how much you weigh. You go, bloody hell, Tom. <laughs> yeah. That's my other plan. If it gets to yeah. if it gets to the wedding and I've not lost the weight, I'm just going to burn. So everyone does, doesn't talk about how big I am. They just talk about how burned I am. Yes. Distraction. Distraction. If you can't, conf- yeah. if you can't convince, confuse. Golden brown. No, I've been good. I've been going to the gym. 
Yeah. Uh, my friend. Yeah. Now I'm motivating my friend to go because I'm like, let's go to the gym. Uh, I'm not really feeling that. No, let's go. <laughs> Just do a bit. It's better than doing nothing. And they, they actually showed up. I'm like, suddenly I'm Ken Shamrock. And it's, it's, oh, it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Now, I think better. I feel better, more productive and everything else when I have that. Because you know what? Now at the place I go to, there's 50 minute, five zero minute uh, brackets to go into. Then you have to go, right, no, get out. Because they can only have so many people in because of COVID restrictions. And because there's now a, uh, that, um, that's what I'm looking for, there's a, a certain amount of time. Now I'm more motivated than ever. I'm like, oh, no, quick. I'm going to be like a fat kid in a candy shop. I'm going to eat all this. I'm going to try all the things. Mm, it, it, leg intense, press. It's suddenly intensive, intensive training, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, because it's like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Hurry up. No, I want one more dip. <laughs> there we go. And now today's a That was my uh, problem. That was my problem when I was... <laughs> On a Saturday night, having a big bag of tortillas. One more dip. <laughs> buy more, buy more problems. Well. <laughs> oh, so. no. Oh, well, oh, all my. our other references and humor around this period of time, Tom, so might as well keep it local. <laughs> so, you know what? Other than Barrymore, I don't think we've done a good job of setting the scene for this week's podcast for what's happening in the wonderful world of wrestling. God, Tom, I'm stumped for ideas. Is there anything we can do? Is there anyone we can read from this period? Oh, I don't know, maybe not. If only there was somebody who was mashing away on a typewriter furiously in essentially a paper-cut dungeon at this particular time. <laughs> there was! And he still has the same keyboard from 2000 as well. <laughs> he still has the same coffee stain on the end of the table. <laughs> it is, of course, uh, young David Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer. He's the guy that has been chronicling wrestling since time memoriam. I do believe uh, that uh, the, the match between Gilgamesh and Enkidu would have got five stars had it been in the Tokyo Dome. Uh, but Dave has been... So what we do at this point, if this is your first time here, Dave, who has been chronicling wrestling for decades, we'll take a look at the Wrestling Observer from this particular week in the bloody wrestling, and we'll see what was happening in the world before we go over to Matthew, who will talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown from the Year of Our Lord 2000. So... This week's SmackDown is from the 19th of October 2000. We are three days away from our next WWF pay-per-view, No Mercy. But all eyes seem to be on WCW and ECW because it's not looking like a, a long future for either. ECW has just lost its national time slot this week. It's an announcement made on the 11th after a meeting with Paul Heyman and TNN resulted in no new agreement being reached. Uh, Paul Heyman announced that ECW on TNN would be no more. The company is in dire financial straits. Uh, they are hoping to continue their monthly pay-per-view schedule whilst looking for potentially a new home for their TV show. But at the moment, it looks really, really rough for ECW. Um, did you think at this point, Matthew, going back as a fan, and this, I'll ask you this question twice. I'll ask you it first time now. As a fan, did you think ECW would ever go away? No, because they'd always had uh, money issues. But at the same time as that, you see all these big shows that were on. You just assume when a company consistently runs these smaller venues and still packing it out, but they still are very small compared to the other companies, that that's enough. But no, uh, as they've gone into great detail, if, uh, backstage, behind the scenes now, uh, by the hindsight, they had people on such wages to keep them from leaving to go to other companies, that this was always going to happen. They couldn't afford to keep on paying these people these salaries with the amount they were actually bringing in. So 
Obviously, at the time, though, Tom, because you said you can ask that question twice, I believe once is through the eyes of an innocent fan, now the eyes of a smart. Um, no, at the time, I had no idea because I think World of Wrestling wouldn't really big it up that much. And Power Slam may be worth going, oh, doom and gloom, but mm-hmm. that was the Power Slam way. So, <laughs> so, no, I had no idea. In the world of WCW, uh, Mandalay Sports and Entertainment, which is the Eric Bischoff group that's been led uh, to take over WCW to buy the company. They've been denying it all the way through, but a lot of sources have said, nah, they're, they're, they're doing it, they're doing it. But it was revealed this week that they were now officially out of the running. Uh, they couldn't get together a deal. Now, the, the, what this came down to, and this has been really well talked about, this has been really well covered over the years, was that Eric Bischoff would have bought, along with Mandalay Sports and Entertainment, they would have bought WCW. However, the sticking point was that... Uh, TNT didn't want to carry wrestling anymore. So they were selling the company, but they're like, you don't get to stay on TNT. Like we're, we're bidding off Nitro, we're bidding off Thunder. You can have all the assets, but you don't get the TV. And Eric Bischoff knew that without TV, very much as ECW is finding out right now, without TV, this is this is worth nothing. This is worth nothing. I can't do anything with this. I need we need television coverage. So they they stepped away from this particular deal at this point. And I'll ask the question again. Matthew, as a wrestling fan, with, with with the end looming, did you ever think that WCW would ever go away? No, and a similar thing to ECW. On TV, which is the only thing I was watching at the time, they weren't going, hello, fans, welcome to Nitro. We're on our ass. You know, <laughs> they're just picking up the success. Oh, Goldberg versus Scott Steiner and all the other things. They weren't all the stuff. Nah, I don't know what's happening. We I mean, no WCW idea. not being profitable. I mean, it's like, come on, it's WCW. Look, there's people in the arena. I can see them. There's some empty chairs, and uh, not all these people are paid, but that, what do I care? <laughs> yeah, uh, no it, idea. It was, it, it was um, weird time. Like, the, the general vibe here as WCW were finishing off their tour of Australia was that there was a lack of momentum because they were just sort of just ticking along. They couldn't really think they couldn't forward plan at this point. It very much felt like something was, somebody was going to buy them or it was going to wrap up. And now, according to Dave Meltzer, sources very close to negotiations felt it was between 70% and 95%. Very particular that Vince McMahon would buy WCW. And in, in this week's observer, they say, well, some of the issues with that is that, and it's a bad thing for the business. And we'll find out that it was, it was a, it was a, bad time for wrestling because you had all these guys on on contracts on bloated contracts with wcw not with turner but with wcw who if wwf wanted them they could essentially lowball them to keep them because the other they either you either take the price that we're giving you or off the off up the road you go and it was it was kind of like a, a real rough time on looming on the horizon for wrestling with wwf looking like it was about to become the only game in town uh, but uh in some better news Undertaker didn't need his gallbladder out. Turns out he had gallbladder surgery. They were able to operate without removing the gallbladder, and he should be back by Survivor Series. How great is that? Ricky Gervais in the office. (laughs) Now, some of you in ECW and WCW may be losing your jobs, uh, but there is some good news. I get to keep my gallbladder. (laughs) Looks at the camera smirking. <laughs> but there's no good news. Well, I, I don't know. Don't about you, mate. I consider that a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing for us. <laughs> good for us. <laughs> A 
WWF, a producing a TV show. Have you heard about this? Go on. <laughs> it's called That's Gotta Be... No, it's not that. Uh, <laughs> WWF are working with UPN to produce a television series called Manhunt. It was announced during a press conference uh, to, by Vince McMahon. Uh, the contestants on the show pose as fugitives trying to escape actors who are pretending to be bounty hunters. The one who eluded the bounty hunters the longest time receives a cash prize. This, I'm sure like this show would be adapted for um for for down the road because i'm sure we saw like there's like an army sas type thing over here in the uk that they had on channel four uh was it even called release the hounds i don't know but i know there was a show there might there was definitely a show in the uk where you'd have to go on the lamb and you'd have specialist people tracking you i saw that one Mm -hmm. i know the one you talked about wasn't called release hounds but it was like yeah how could you how long could you avoid surveillance from mi5 or whoever it was uh by going off the grid and yeah, that's with it. a with a camera crew following them sorry i sound cynical but <laughs> yeah. what do you mean you suggesting that it was all a load of hokum and not uh, and not above if board. it's on tv it's full of hokum <laughs> we'll talk more about yeah. manhunt when it comes out uh next year but i'll, I'll give you a little uh a little teaser uh two of the actors featured in the show uh, are ray hollett aka zap from american gladiators and an unknown wrestler working the development system for the wwe called john cena i've never heard of him who knows what happened to him eh that'd, that'd be really bad if he was hunting you because you can't see him <laughs> the predator Where's that music keyboard coming from? It's in the bushes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there he is. He's over there. He's over there. What was that noise? <laughs> hey, look, enough Hollywood glitz and glamour. <laughs> we got to take a trip to Ohio. Tell my uncle, tell my aunt, I got my teeth in nice and straight. Chicken nuggets in my pants. I'm on my way to the Buckeye State. Ohio, Ohio, round on the end, high in the middle. Do you know what happened in Ohio down the road just a couple of days before this? Wait a minute. Well, there's Ohio Valley Wrestling, so I'm sure it's something to do with OV-Dub. That's right, because since we're in Ohio, we should take another trip to Ohio. Because OVW, fat bastard, put on their show just two days before this. uh, The OVW show, Night of the Demon which took place in Ohio. And I want to run just quickly through the card for this before we get into this week's SmackDown because it's a it's a, it's a a card full of, like, future stars, n- didn't quite make it and all this stuff. It's quite a fun little cross-section of, of the timeline to see. So, OVW Night of the Demon opens uh, with Randy Orton defeating Johnny Spade. Uh, youngster Randall Randall Keith, Johnny Spade, who... that's. As in Johnny Nitro? As in John Morrison? Fun times. Mm. Chris Michaels and Sean Casey beating Derek King and Jason Lee. Hello, friends. Uh, In his only his second ever TV match, Brock Lesnar in action. Mm. Uh, In a shoot fight, speech marks, 
who defeats The Collector by disqualification. Apparently, the match was awful. It was not a, an auspicious start to uh, the time for one Brock and the Lesnar. Mark Henry beats the David Nelson. I don't know whether you remember David Nelson. He was a beast of a gentleman. He made Steiner look tiny, and Henry batters him. Uh, Russ McCullough wins a handicap match. Well done, Russ. Bad attitude. David Young and Rick Michaels defend the NWA World Tag Titles against Chris Michaels and Sean Casey. The Damager, Danny Basham, beats Robbie D in an I Quit match. Remember the Damager? Good times. I do remember, yeah. The OVW titles on the line in a coal miner's glove match. Uh, oh, Rob, for Christ's sake. We, we're, get, we're going old school with Rob Conway beating Nick Dinsmore in a coal oh. miner's glove match. And in the main event of the evening... Leviathan, a.k.a. Batista, defeats the Big Show, a.k.a. Fat Bastard, in, a, in, in what was a, a pretty plodding main event. You know, Big Show still not really that plussed about wrestling in the developmental territory on a million-dollar contract. Um, but good to see Big Dave headlining a show in the year of our Lord 2000. But that was, uh, that, was in, that was down the road in OV-dub. Look out for Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton coming to a screen near you soon. Let's go back in our car to Cleveland for SmackDown. Go for it, Matthew. Lovely. It's always cool seeing the OV-dub stuff because yeah. WWE hasn't done a really good job of uh, utilising all that footage they have. Probably because Cornette was like, no, you don't own the footage. You have to pay me for it. You no, play- you don't. Look at the contract. You do not own the footage, but they were in the pressure they did, which I think is a hilarious college story. Bless them, eh? No, no, no. You don't own. This is ours. <laughs> we were paid for the ring. We paid for this. We paid for the rest. You haven't paid. No. Give us money. Like, what? You give us stuff. No. You give me stuff. No. <laughs> right. That's it. We're going to FC Dub. <laughs> Pack up the stuff, lads. We're getting up. We'll do our own one. We'll do the. Yeah. We'll do the next one. What? What are we? What are you gonna call it? Next. And 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 next T. And next T. That's what it's called. Uh, oh, the dub. <laughs> That's right. For the news at ten. <laughs> Here's our exclusive interview with Rikishi, who opens the show saying, "I'm proud of what I did, and I'll do it again." Mick Foley says he's banned me from the arena to protect me. Nah, he's protecting Austin. Brave words for a man who can't drive stick. Rikishi <laughs> dares him to come out to the parking lot instead. And Austin goes, all right, I don't see any issues arising from this situation, especially the exact same thing that happened in Survivor Series 99. And would you believe it? Kishi attempts to run over Austin again. But luckily, Austin presses R1 at the right time and jumps on the back of her truck. So Rikishi stops the car and says, hey, Austin, this Sunday, no mercy, and then drives off. And it was almost serious looking until that bit. Rikishi parked up and going, hey, Austin, this Sunday, sponsored by Pizza Grill. I hope you're ready for a lugs that you can't fit in your mouth. As WWE presents no mercy, available to order on um, pay-per-view to, yes, yes, that's right. You put your N64 in and you say, show me the pay-per-view and it comes on like that. <laughs> and toasters. Yeah, you have to yell, show me show me the pay-per-view whilst holding Z and R at the same time. <laughs> oh, well, Austin's just sat on this truck going, all right, cool. <laughs> and that sets up this week's SmackDown. Widdy wee, widdy woo. We're in Cleveland, Ohio. For a main event tonight, 
Benoit versus The Rock versus Triple H versus Kurt Angle in a four corners match. Woof. More horse meat than a Finder's lasagna. <laughs> we start off the show with every tag team that matters in the ring. But before anything can happen, Mick Foley shows up and thanks Jerry Lawler for being a true friend. Okay. I was confused Foley by that, Foley. as was Jerry yeah. Lawler. <laughs> yeah, uh, no exposition given there. Cheers, pal. Every tag team is in the ring. And so Foley cheap, uh, cheap pops the crowd right there in Cleveland, Ohio. And is here to start the tag team battle royal tonight. The winner of this little battle royal will take on the Hardys at no mercy. One member out means both members are out. And the crowd enjoys the action so much that they chant for tables two minutes in. <laughs> the dum-dums. Michael Cole implies that the Conquistadors, who were in this tag match, resemble another tag team in the WWF. And Lola shuts him down because Michael Cole is an even bigger dum-dum. <laughs> TNA are first out. Take a guess who was eliminated first <laughs> on this Battle Royal. If somebody spent more time practicing for the Battle Royal and less time playing penny racers, they'd have done much oh. better in this match. Penny race. I see. We're going that way. You try, you can't, you're trying to get the last ball on Iggy's wrecking balls. That's right. Test is out. Bradshaw eliminates himself to keep on attacking Test. It does look like a lot of fun, in fairness to Bradshaw. <laughs> Scotty Duhotty gets pressed over the ropes, but the APA is still there. They catch him and think, ah, sod it, and throw him back in to pop the crowd, even if it didn't make much sense. Too cool, then eliminate the right to censor, and we get, break up this thrilling action for a shot of Tiger Ali Singh. <laughs> and he will be <laughs> quite literally the centre of attention. All night because Tiger Ali Singh is sat middle of the the front and center on the hard cam for the whole night. Like he is the he like every time that I'm trying to watch a match, I'll just catch Tiger Ali Singh. Sadly, having already done his bit in the opening match because we're teasing towards him managing a tag team, having already accomplished that, they decide to tell him just stay in the crowd for the whole show. It's like Tybalt doing his line in Shakespeare and they're just sort of hanging around. <laughs> this is one line. It's <laughs> a good reference though. Uh, Jerry Lawler says, hey, you remember Tiger Ali Singh? <laughs> no. No. He was very, very low down. Oh, hey. Wait. Hey, hey, maybe. Whoa, hey, hey, look at that. Synergy um, on the shows that he was on on Sunday Night Heat and he would have Babu his little manservant who would do stuff for him and the gimmick looked like it was something from the 1950s and this was something that happened mid to late 98 and he got rid of him, I have no idea why he's back but he is and he just was, Tiger Jeet Singh was a huge star in Japan uh, even though the matches I've all seen him in I'm sure many people have seen him in in the 90s were some of the worst matches of all time because he was physically incapable of doing anything other than having his sword and whacking someone on the back with the, the hard bit rather than, you know, the pointy <laughs> bit. And that's all he'd do. Uh, but he was a big star. And then he said, well, I've got a son who wrestled either as Tiger Jeet Singh Jr. or Tiger Ali Singh. And some have said that he's possibly even worse than Tiger Jeet Singh. He was trained by Anoki as well, was Ali Singh. This is the funny thing. He was trained by Anoki at the, the New Japan Dojo in 97. 
they they made a big. He's he's such a weird anomaly. Is Tiger Ali Singh? Like he comes from, like as you say, somebody who wasn't the best wrestler, but was a star. Um, trained by Anoki in the dojo, they made a big fuss of his signing. They did a a, a contract cycle, like a big uh, press conference thing at the Tokyo Sky Dome to announce it all. Um, he won the second Q8 Cup in in WWF in 1997. Right? What? Tiger Ali Singh in 97 won the Q8 Cup. Do you remember who won the first, by the way? Ahmed Johnson. Well done, mate. Ten points to Gryffindor. Uh, the second one was won by Tiger Ali Singh. He beat Leaf no Cassidy. No memory of that. He beat Leaf Cassidy in the opening round. Oh. He beat Billy Gunn in the next round. Uh-huh. He beat Mankind in the next round. No. And then beat Owen Hart in the final. Now. Tiger Ali Singh beat Mankind. And Owen Hart. And what? Billy Gunn. <laughs> now you would be forgiven for forgetting that Tiger Ali Singh won the Q8 Cup in '97 because there was everybody wasn't looking at the Q8 Cup in '97 when the WWF rolled into town. Um, it, it was it was all fine until Vader turned up on Good Morning Q8. Oh, Vader was in the semi-finals at that point, and there was possibly we were going to see Vader versus Tiger Ali Singh in the final. So possibly Ali Singh was going to beat Vader as well. Um, oh. But then what happened happened. It's been well documented. Is it fake? Ruh, 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 ruh. Off to prison you go, Vader. <laughs> Good times, eh? Good times. Yeah. And then he would, yeah, he'd, he'd have the match at one night only, defeating uh, Leaf Cassidy. Well done. Oh, my, yeah, my apologies that it was 97 until 98. Okay. But then he buggered off for a bit because he was in the company yeah. on the periphery. And then they sent him to Puerto Rico to, to learn to wrestle. To learn how to wrestle, yes. And and now this and that brings us to, to where we are now. He's sat in the crowd, having learned to wrestle for about a year in Puerto Rico. Here he is, back to be a manager. <laughs> they had no faith in him. But they hired him and they, they clearly they clearly wanted him to do well. Like they positioned him in the late nineties to possibly be a thing. But they just went, Oh, he's a, he's just a just a bit he's just a bit green. Can't do anything with him. It's bad. Yeah, it's not. It's not a good look. It's not a good. Look. But like, you, he was very much handed stuff. That it could have been a big deal. Q8 cup. But that's you know. it. He's just like. But you know what? In fairness to him, though, he's just like nearly every son of a very famous wrestler. It's very rare that you get someone like a Randy Orton or a The Rock or someone like that. The rest are going to be a, a David Smartino, a David Flair. Tiger uh, Ali saying Eric Watts. <laughs> there was a guy who wrestled Harley Race. I forget which promoter's son it was. Uh, he's only booked because he was a promoter's son. So that's when Harley Race started beating him up in the ring, and then the guy. Oh the God! Yelling, Daddy said sell. Daddy said sell. Oh no! Oh, who was that? Um, oh, it was Nick Goulas's kid? I think no. <laughs> oh, who was that? Oh, whatever. Sell. Who cares? Daddy said sell. Something for you to look for. Look, look, look towards anyway. Post, post. There's some homework for you. Find out who said Daddy said sell to Harley Race. Yeah, <laughs> Daddy said sell. I mean, he probably didn't, but it's the legend. Matthew's Daddy now googling Daddy said, said sell, and you no, might no, no, delete, you might delete your search history. history no. You have a heart attack later. <laughs> oh, George Goulas. There we go. I was yes. George Goulas. George Goulas. Yeah, shout outs to George Goulas who probably listens to this podcast because he's I, got nothing else better to do right now. Hi, George. Hiya. Chaz and Sexy eliminate one another, so Hottie attempts the worm on D'Lo anyway, and gets thrown out. While the referees try and stop low down and too cool feuding, presumably so the ratings don't decrease any further, they miss. Oscar Dissador is getting tossed. 
<laughs> so they just simply returned to the ring to toss Bubba. And in fairness, was spending far too much time fighting about with tables and the outside. And also Bubba got his hands stuck in the ropes on the way down. Um, a bit I'm not sure it was planned or not, but they eventually extract him from that and he just falls out and that's him done. And the winners and getting a shot at the pay-per-view in three days' time, Los Condisadores, with all of two SmackDown appearances so far, <laughs> this being one of them. They have done a lot of stuff on Raw, to be fair. I think I a lot of this so. a lot of this story has been told on Monday Night Raw, and that's where like they like where Michael Cole has gone. Are we sure this isn't Edge and Christian? And Lawler's like, shut up, of course it's not Edge and Christian. Which makes the next bit that we see uh, especially entertaining. That's right. <laughs> well, we before we get to that, we look in the parking lot to see Triple H and Stephanie arrive together. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? They're back together like that? Uh, then Triple H yells at Hebner, and Steph practices her exposition that she'd master in years later. Um, about the main event match tonight involving her husband and Kurt Angle and The Rock and then tonight and SmackDown, UPN, and then after that, Shasta McNasty. And Earl says, hey, I'm just a referee. Go yell at Foley. I don't make the matches. And Steph yells at him some more, going, thanks for nothing, Earl. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. They make a lot of sense, but I liked it. Yeah, Earl, what about that match tonight? No, I, I'm a ref. It's a fair shout. It's a fair shout. I mean, like... They shout at the referee going, oh, yeah, why have I drawn Why have I drawn Israel in the World Cup? Why have we drawn that? I don't know. I'm just refereeing the match. Oh, I asked for prawn cocktail. This is salt and vinegar. I'm a referee. I don't get yeah, thanks for nothing, Earl. <laughs> Hashtag thanks for nothing, Earl. Thanks for nothing. Moves his shirt at ringside. The other shirt says thanks for nothing. <laughs> and then... As Tom was alluded to earlier, the Godisadors get interviewed by Kevin Kelly and, hey, wait, Edge and Christian show up to congratulate Los Condisadors on a, on a match well earned. And here's the bit here that's too subtle for wrestling. And I think we have a go at Michael Cole and Lawler sometimes being really obvious, but sometimes it is needed. Here, it was really, really needed and we didn't get it. Edge and Christian are panting. They're packing to show they? that they've, they've, they've just done some exercise, you know, or Taz has tried to reach for something on the high shelf. Um, <laughs> that really needed a Michael Cole to go, hey, wait, they seem pretty tired. I mean, what's up with that? Or Edge to go, sorry, we couldn't have seen the match, but we were, um, uh, you know, give the... the having sex. Eye. <laughs> I was having just, sex with Lita. No, that's way worse. That's way worse. Cut that out. <laughs> Cut it's pre-taped pal oh sorry <laughs> it's not live Taz yes it's not live we can cut it out but we're going to choose not to oh <laughs> bastards so yeah that that's what was needed here but it was too subtle because they are punting and also Condisors don't say anything but you needed someone to go hey wait a minute aren't Condisors mm. way small now way smaller and skinnier than they were 10 seconds ago but we didn't get that but hopefully they'll be recapped soon somewhere else. But never mind that, Tom, because it's Taz. Yes, it's our it boy. Was... That was favourite Cockney. That's right. He was going for the. <laughs> oh no. He <laughs> was going for the hardcore title. Michael Cole explains Taz thinks he's a good commentator, and Lola says that's right. He does some good lines, but they're on his face. <laughs> I don't understand that line, but I do like it. Blackman twats Taz, and they brawl through the crowd with every fan they pass 
dwarfing Taz <laughs> to the back area until oh, Funaki Taz. tries for a pin on Blackman. So Taz dunks him through one of those shuttered windows. And then Just Joe arrives, laughs, and also gets dunked. Thanks for coming, Just Joe. Back in the ring, Taz lands a sweet Northern Light suplex, which is yet again called a fisherman suplex by Cole, who not two minutes ago just criticized Taz for thinking he's a good commentator. Just saying, Cole. Just Perfect. saying. Perfect. Blackman kicks out, and Taz tries the Taz mission with a cane, but Blackman uses the power of the bin to escape <laughs> and finishes with a top rope kendo stick to Taz. More of a shoulder, but ah, who cares? He retains. <laughs> and Steve Blackman would have been good on one of these shows, pretending to be a bounty hunter, as long as you didn't tell him that it was a TV show. <laughs> yeah, just let him go and find them. And, like, get to the point just as he's about to skin them. No, Steve, it's a TV show. <laughs> They're actors. Scalping a dude. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> this was good. This was a fun little hardcore match. Like, this is what the hardcore division has always been about, just like these... These fun little wild drag around brawls. Um, Taz losing clean. Writing's on the wall a bit for Taz, isn't it? Here, like, is in terms of like his in ring career within the WWF. Like, there's, it's not looking good, and it's all right because Raven's in action later. The guy that debuted at Unforgiven. I'm sure the momentum will carry him forward. Your Honor. Yeah. And we're a bit of buckets for SmackDown, which are usually a bit better organised than this. Uh, there is no hardcore title match on No Mercy. Oh. Steve Blackman is not there. Oh. oh I like saying. a bit of nonsense from Blackman. Likewise. Uh, da, 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 where are we? Stephanie and Triple H yell at Mick Foley. Sadly, Foley doesn't tell them to go yell at Earl. <laughs> and we just have that rest of the night, them going back and forth. Earl, for the third time, I don't book the matches. Go talk to Foley. All right. Thanks for nothing, Earl. Yeah, prick. Yeah. Instead, Kurt Angle shows up to also yell at Foley, but Steph and Triple H both yell at Kurt because they're baby faces. Mick Foley says, shut up. This Four Corners match is awesome. That's why I booked it. Now go away. And that's final. Nitz's clavicle because he's a judge. Also, judge duty is ending after 25 years in real life. Yeah. So What's she doing next? Did she say? Um, probably death. <laughs> She's just going to die. The moment yes. the show finishes, just death. Well, you're ancient and you're rich. What's next? Probably eat some stuff and then kill over. All right, cool. You'll probably make a um, podcast and then go to ITV. The Judge Duty podcast. He goes through 25 years of pro... Oh, you know what? I'd listen to it. Oh, watch-alongs of every episode of Judge Judy with Judge Judy. Sign like... me the F up. Conrad Thompson going, all right, Judge, check me up. <laughs> of course Conrad's hosting it. Oh, yeah, October 1st, 999. Um, just ripping all the stuff off that we said last week. Yeah. Uh, the oh, news I... at 10 is at 9.30 p.m. And uh, Jimmy uh, from Brooklyn has been uh, is he, he suing someone for non-payment of... Uh, he played a song at the Bar Mitzvah. Um, so what do you mean? Chat me up. We remember about this. And Judge was like, what? 1999. Um... <laughs> We're sponsored by Nothing. Blue Next. We're sponsored by Blue Chew. What? <laughs> Apparently his next podcast is with Gilgamesh, I hear. <laughs> Gilgamesh, check me up on this. You imagine what they could do. It was uh, written on the uh, on the scrolls. Uh, who went over in that one? Who should have gone over? <laughs> 
It's rumoured innuendo that uh, the decision was made late to have uh, you win over uh, Enkidu. Is that true? Uh, chat me up, Tiger Ali Singh. Uh, <laughs> got some questions from the fans. Um, they're all saying the same thing. Uh, why are you here? <laughs> Whose idea just was over this? Over and over again. It's just the same question. I don't know. <laughs> Hashtag, thanks for nothing, Earl. Uh, yeah, so this was a little fun segment and then just a bit of filler for the Four Corners match later on, but I must be missing something here. Why is Steph and Triple H together after the last few weeks of them arguing? Because they're now? still together as as a as husband and wife. Like they've you know, it's yeah. I get that. Like they've had arguments, they've had massive disagreements and professionally they can't work together anymore, but they're still married. Like they're they're still like there's still that there, so I, I I don't I'm not upset with them still traveling together. <laughs> Matthew's got a cigar on the go on the Zoom right now. <laughs> oh, one more thing. Oh. Why are you? <laughs> is that a the real audio vision experience that is the? Uh, is that a real cigar? Uh-uh. You get light. It is. I've never nearly nobbled the end off of it though. Have a have a little light of it. Have a little light of it. I can't, I can't have a light there. Oh, there it is. Here you go. Let's... Looking frantically, my, my, Math, my Matthew, desk. Matthew my Greggles. desk is Meltzer esque at this point. Sorry. Matthew no. Greggles would have a live cigar. Carry on. On the on the classic spot. Okay, well, I'll carry on. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Guerrero's out. Um, Eddie Guerrero looks. Uh, his hair is wet. He's got his foot in a. He's got his crutch on. His foot's in a bad way. And he is giving some grief to um, that to Goldilocks, as he calls him, Billy Gunn, who is challenging Eddie Guerrero for the Intercontinental title at uh, at the No Mercy. He's talking about how China's backstage crying like, that she misses him. This eventually brings out China, who isn't crying. She's got a lovely full face of makeup, and she says she knows what she wants to do with Eddie Guerrero, and she slaps him in the face, and it all was going to kick off. But then here come right to censor who make an appearance, and they surround China because she's an evil harlot who's in Playboy. Uh, they say this beating's going to be for her own good. She holds her own against RTC for about 20 seconds until she gets a Stevie kick in the face. Here comes Billy Gunn, but he ends up getting uh, taken down by them as well. And then we've have, we have Eddie beating up China and RTC beating up Billy. Um, Val Venus does an amazing blue thunderbomb. And I know we give him a lot of grief, and a lot of cases rightly so. But he does a brilliant blue thunderbomb, does he not? He does, and it was called a Northern Light Suplex by Michael Cole. <laughs> this was a tremendous bit of business here, Tom. Well, I still think I still think that they've missed the trick in not having Eddie versus China for the Intercontinental title. And I know that, you know, China wasn't the greatest of wrestlers, but the story here is China's been cheated and messed around by Eddie Guerrero. So I want to see China kick his head in. Like, that's the story that we're telling. But we've kind of brought in Billy Gunn to save the day like a knight in shining armour from a long time ago. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> I would rather have China batter Eddie and take the IC title. In, but I rambled about that last week. I shan't ramble about it this week. But you are right. So we will get RTC, Stevie and Val, taking on Billy Gunn and China instead in the tag match. Which, you're right, yo. Yeah, the... Everything was set up for trying to get her revenge and take the IC title back from Eddie, and now Eddie's just not here. Mm. Maybe there's something up with Eddie in the world of real life. I'll have to find out next week. Tom, Tom, Tom. Put the test jokes down, Tom. Stop doing Stacker 2. Stone Cold is here. 
da, da, da. Oh, he's just showed up. That's a segment. Okay. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Bong. Don't call Steve Austin. Is in the arena. Good evening, pedophiles. <laughs> That's a podcast joke. <laughs> then we get replays of Lawler perving on women, trying out for the Chelsea Chelsea cheerleader tryout. Chelsea Flower Show. Yeah. God. <laughs> right. What? Who? Like, Dougal's doing a funeral. Jerry Lawler, n- notorious colossal pervert, is in charge of choosing the XFL cheerleaders. Like, like here is a here is a skit they have put together that appeals to the following people. Jerry Lawler. <laughs> End of list. Yeah, and we get the typical Lawler line. That's right. The tryouts are this Saturday as well. I can't wait to try those cheerleaders out. God. God. Just, oh, I just, it's just, oh, it's, it's, it's cringe and it's grim. I don't like it. <laughs> Let's move on to something way better, which is the brand new European champion, William Regal, here to save the show. (laughs) With Willie defeating Al Snow with the Regal stretch on Monday Night Raw after Al showed up representing England. Oh, dear. Like a red flag to a bull. Regal won the title and then waved to fans afterwards in that lovely Queen Mother style and then kicked Al a few times, then went back to waving. I love that bit. He's so good. All is right with the world. Now he's the European yes. champion. Regal is defending tonight against Perry Sutton and Al Snow in a triple threat. And bloody hell, Sutton starts off the match with an ugly assigned moonsault <laughs> right onto his own bloody head as Regal just sods off, allows Al to catch Perry. And I think that was the first mistake. And even when they show the replay, Lola goes, wow, I don't think... Al Snow got as much of that as Perry did. <laughs> yeah. And this match continues to be a big fat mess with the crowd so into it that they start chanting for Terry's puppies. <laughs> Why would they do a triple threat here? There's lots of moves followed by kickouts from the other dude who was in that move, followed by plenty of camera cuts as some flubs obviously happen. And a lot of overdub as no one cares until Head finally shows up. Al bonks Saturn, but as he's pinning him, Regal applies the stretch under Al Snow, as Cole calls him, Stephen Regal. Ooh. It has been a Hall of Fame segment for Michael Cole this episode, let me tell you. <laughs> what do you think, Tom? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the tidiest of triple threats, was it? Let's be honest. It was, um, was it, it felt cluttered. The Perry moonsault bit made me wince a little bit. And again, weird choice to put this here. Like, I thought this might be something again for the pay-per-view, but again, they're obviously keeping the pay-per-view fairly clear for a, a prolonged Steve Austin beating of Rikishi. Um, I'm just happy Regal's champion. I think the one thing that was the one thing that was sad was that we got Regal wrestling this week, uh, which is nice, but we missed out on Regal on commentary, dropping as many Britishisms as he could possibly fit in his mouth at one time, like he's playing Chubby Bunny with marshmallows. And I'm I'm missing that this week. Like I I, I hope we get more like as, as great value as William Regal is as a wrestler and as a champion, he's great value on the microphone. So I'm ready to see more of him doing more mic stuff now he's the European champion. Likewise. I think he should commentate and wrestle at the same time. Yes! Take That'd that be you amazing. bloody bugger. Kicks him and looks at the crowd. Hello, hello, chip chip. Birio. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. 
marmalade and all the rest. <laughs> yeah, I think that would work well. Oh, but never mind that. Tom, 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 put down Little Mermaid 2. Six goldfish. <laughs> Quite a Game Boy joke there. Tom, Austin is here again. Oh, it's JR interviewing him and telling him to calm down, love. Rikishi has a family. He certainly does, actually. He's about 10,000 of the bastards and they all wrestle. And it's um, funny you mentioned the family here because I've got a little bit from the Observer I wanted to drop ooh, in when we talked about ahead. this. Uh, there is talk, according to Dave Meltzer, of bringing in Affa as a patriarch of the family, as the head of the table, if you will, no. uh, to, to be part of a Samoan nation of domination featuring Affa and so far Rikishi. <laughs> How would you feel about a, a like a, a Samoan nation of domination? I mean, that would have been great because it's if Affa comes back and they play clips and goes, yeah, that's right. That's the reason I didn't win the WF title back in the day, because I was Samoan. <laughs> and that's apparently what a lot of these promos were sort of alluding towards, mm. where he talks about like how the Samoan family were welcomed in by Vince McMahon and the Great White Hope and all that stuff. Talk of a, of a faction being built around Rikishi and, and by the sounds of it, Afa. Yeah. Mm. I like the idea of them having that or a tag team dude and then going, come on, Rock. You know it's for the best. Yeah. To get them to join them. That, that's where the money is. It's like, uh, the Come back going, to the family. Come back to the family. You know it's right. Or a bunch of racists here, mate. That'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah like alas, that. alas, they realised that the whole making Rikishi a main event that just wasn't padded yeah. out. None of, none of that happened. But it's nice we, need, we need someone for Austin to beat up. Hey, Rikishi, you're injured. <laughs> Do you want to be more injured? Yeah. And then Rikishi takes a sledgehammer back in the parking lot to Austin's truck. He smashes the wheels. He smashes the mirror. But even worse than that, Tom, he goes in the back, gets his big bag out, and empties all of his cans. Wow. He's bad. Boo. He should have done a proper someone silent, just headbutted it. <laughs> Street Fighter 2's <laughs> minigame style. Or My God, Rikishi with his hard Samoan head that they all have. Or smash the can like Matthew did on the podcast that one time. <laughs> Rikishi's backstage. He's breaking the cans of his head and using his ass to destroy Austin's car. <laughs> the only thing harder than his head is the Samoan ass. Oh no, that poor car. All smushed and smashed. Kishi, because he used to smash the van while yelling, this is what happens, Larry. And then Coachman <laughs> tells Austin what's happening because I imagine they'd have to pay Just Joe twice if he made two appearances, even though that's literally his gimmick. And Austin heads out as Jar says, no, Steve, no. <laughs> like some last to his lad at the like, takeaway at 3 Austin let him crack on. Like, it was so, the whole thing, like the build-up to this, to this next bit was so strange because it was... Like JR and Austin were in a, a locker room. The door was shut. Austin pace him. I wasn't sure whether JR was talking to his mate or interviewing the wrestler because JR had the mic in his hand. and But it did feel more like JR was just talking his mate down. And you go, well, did you need the microphone for that then? Could you not have just been, you know, counsel, having counsel with Austin? It was very weird. But obviously it was all... It almost feels like JR was in, was in on it because he was distracting Austin in this room whilst Rikishi's trashing his truck. It feels like JR's in on it at this point. He wasn't, but it feels like he is. Mm. 
He joins the Samoan dynasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they all come from strong university backgrounds, Austin. <laughs> I love Samoan college football. <laughs> oh no! They don't even wear. They don't even wear. They don't wear safety armor. They wear a smile, Austin, and that's why I got my face right now. Turning on you after all these. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so Austin drives off to chase Rikishi, who drives away. But it turns out it wasn't Rikishi. I don't know who that was. It was just some, maybe that was Afa. Just it was Afa. There you go. Yeah. That's how you bring him in. So JR just goes, "Oh well, guess that's that." And JR turns around, and there's Rikishi. And so Rikishi <laughs> gets a big old slap because he's a bad, bad man. Then Rikishi picks up the sledgehammer and prepares to kill Jim Ross on <laughs> live pre-taped TV. But Mick Foley appears and convinces him that would be bad. So Rikishi walks off and Foley meekly says, Rikishi, I have to ask you to leave in an unintentional funny bit. <laughs> it's he like, no, polite. Rikishi's going to kill Jim Ross. Please stop it. He puts on the sledgehammer. Okay, can you please leave, sir? <laughs> Please leave, thank you. <laughs> yeah, what do you think of this whole debacle? Um, it was fine. It was. It, I enjoy. I Rikishi is custom leather jacket and trousers. Look, I'm a big fan. I'm hmm. a big fan. Uh, he he looks like a badass here. I think he's done everything in. They've done everything in their power to to sell you on the pay per view. Um. Is that an alarm test, or are you on It's fire? just Wednesday. It's, we do this ah, every time. Of course Sorry, it is. Of course it is. We have the players game every day. Um, yeah, so I like I like the Rikishi. I like Rikishi's look. He looks like a badass. They've done everything they can to sell you on the pay-per-view as well. Like, I don't think they could have done any more to not only make you, like, make Rikishi look like a threat, but also buy you on the on the idea of, give us some money to watch Steve Austin batter a man to death. Because that's where we're currently at with it. Like, I feel like if anything less than Austin killing Rikishi on Sunday isn't enough, they've really ramped this all the way up. And I, I'm, I, I haven't seen Rikishi versus Austin in many years. So next week, when we do the watch along, in the presence of our very good friend Dave Roberts from Generation Animation, uh, I am, I'm intrigued to see how well it holds up, if it does indeed hold up at all. Because they've sold us on the whole idea of Austin's going to kill a man on Sunday by the pay-per-view. Yeah. Watch Austin kill a dude live on pay-per-view. <laughs> it's so weird, though, because this... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Whenever they have wrestlers about to do stuff that's like out of the world of wrestling, like, oh, I'm going to beat you. I broke your leg, Tully, Blanchard or whatever. Now I'm going to come for you with the Omni or whatever. That's fine. Yeah, he broke his leg. But it's like, Rikishi is about to kill a man. You're like, um, all right. It, it, it's just a bit out there because, you know, it's not going to happen. And well, I mean, if he did do it, it's like, oh, yeah, Jim Ross is dead. <laughs> In kayfabe, not really. Like, you killed him, but it, it just goes too far out there. So it stops being serious and starts getting ridiculous. And Mick Foley's little bit at the end just seemed stupid. But my God, what a serious, serious segment featuring <laughs> near death from a beloved part of WWF. Anyway, here's Road Dog to say ass, not get censored. And uh, Road Dog is taking on Raven, who has neither ass nor pop. Well, in that's it, what happens when you treat it like crap for weeks. In this segment, the whole Road Dog spiel is cut, and it's not to do with UPN censorship. So, Road Dog buggered up his pre match promo. Oh, did according, he? According to the Observer, he did a whole promo where he talked about Detroit Rock City and told him to make some noise. Yeah, we're in Cleveland, mate. I think we were in Detroit on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so he just oh, that's com- awesome. Just completely forgot where he was. The crowd booed him. It, it wasn't what they were hoping for. So hence why it's just completely cut from this. Oh, mm. God, I hope I can find a live. I'm sure um, it'll be somewhere. I'm sure it'll be somewhere. Satellite feed for that, as there are for many SmackDown episodes. I sure I my friend's somewhere. big list here. Let me just load this up as I have a look. Okay, well. Is it there? <laughs> that worked out well for our truth. Gave him ten years the exact same character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He made a lot of money off of it. Green Bay, boo! <laughs> We're in Milwaukee, you idiot! Oh, <laughs> well, Road Dog and Raven have a decent match as the commentators talk about Austin, Rikishi, and the Logs truck. Uh, Raven, by God, locks in an Indian lock slash chin lock type maneuver. And I had to ask Simon Gotch on Twitter for more info because I wasn't sure what to call this. And he says, it appears to be a kneeling death lock with a neck lock, basically a mooter lock, but from the knees. Nice. So thank you, Simon Gotch. For the thank help. you, Simon Gotch. It does allow 
Raven to put this hold in as the camera zooms in on Raven and he's able to go, what about me? What about Raven? And Road Dog escapes, nails the stretch Armstrong and pins Raven clean. One, two, three. Uh, that's what's about you, Raven. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, again, another confusing thing because is Raven on the card? Let's have a look. Uh, no, Raven no. is not on the card and neither is Road Dog. No mercy. I'm just, I'm so strange, baffled. strange episode of SmackDown. Sorry, what was baffled as to why Raven, who who debuted at the last pay per view, and we're on the like the nights before the next pay per view, not on the card, and loses clean as a whistle. Like, hey, what are you, what are you doing? Why are they losing clean? Very weird, very weird turn of events. Yes. Do they not? Do they not win? Hang on. Uh, we're doing this without me looking They're at not the... win. No, we'll skip ahead a few months. No. Where am I getting from the back of my mind a tag team turmoil table match from? I thought that was happening in this one. It must be the one afterwards, which is... Survivor it's not Series. Survivor Series. No. Rebellion. Him. Armageddon. No. Armageddon. I haven't made that up, have I? Like that oh, isn't. Am I misreading Mercy Wikipedia? Or have they put the results of the table thing at the bottom underneath everything? They term... bloody have. Ah, I'm sorry. So it's no I mercy. hate it when they do that. What's the need for that? Yes, there is the table gauntlet match that is happening. Get in. Get in. Featuring like Lowdown. Too cool. They don't like each other. Uh, Raven and Taz, who do not win. The Dudley Boys and Right to Censor. The other ones. The B team. Mm. Right to Censor Wolfpack. That's it. That's it. So we do yeah, get that they one. That's have fine. It. By Craigie. That's fine then. That's fine. So so Raven could have had a win going into that. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there's no mention of that match, by the way. No. This episode. It must have None. just been thrown on during the weekend. Yes. Weird. Again, just considering how well organized SmackDown has been, and WF has been these past few months, this does seem a bit of a mess. Mm. Uh then Steph talks with Kurt backstage. Kurt is concerned for Steph's well-being in the Four Corners match tonight and says that he isn't wanting her to be around ringside. It's too dangerous. Plus, more importantly, what will happen if she has to decide between Triple H and Kurt Angle? And Steph says, don't worry, Kurt. She'll do the right thing. And Kurt has a big grin on his face until he realizes, wait, what is what is the right thing? It slowly dissolves and that's how that segment ends. <laughs> and Kurt's slow realization face is proof positive he's the best thing about WF right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like, I'm sure it'll be fine. What? You could just kind of see the, the cogs going in his head. Yeah. I did like that a lot. Then Edge and Christian and X Pac get interviewed and they all congratulate Rikishi on a job well done. <laughs> Xbox says, I haven't seen a redneck drive that fast since they took Dukes of Hazard off the air. And they all laugh like dicks. And then Edge says, he's going to dedicate this next match to Jim Ross. And the winnings of the match will be dedicated to cleaning Jim Ross's drawers. <laughs> the Rikishi segment was worth it just for that bit. So thank you, Ian, C, and X. And this six man is brought to you by Honda, Subway, and also Slim Jim. You have come crawling back after all these years, <laughs> apologizing for leaving for WCW and not accepting Bam Bam Bigelow or Babyface Diesel as worthwhile replacements for the Macho Man. <laughs> uh -huh. 
I wouldn't have let him back when, when when Keith Slim Jim turned up at the door, going, "No, oh, yeah, um, can we come come back? Because WCW is rubbish now, and they've got no money." Yeah, they'll do the thing like, "Sorry, Vin- Vince is just really busy today," <laughs> and like they open the door slightly, and you see Vince McMahon playing his Game Boy Color, getting the high score in Little Mermaid Three, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. And, so, uh, he said, Vince looks at his door, and somebody's just just very slowly posting Slim Jims underneath. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry, man. <laughs> Can we come back? <laughs> sorry about that. We, 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 we got on the to... wrong horse that day. <laughs> We're happy to make a snap decision and come back. Yeah. yeah. Can you sign Macho Man again? <laughs> we mean no. <laughs> anyway, Edge and Christian and Xbox take on the Hardys and Jericho. Oh, but my God, never mind that. Tom, 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 stop interviewing ex every WWE superstar with this island grass. <laughs> it's Steve Austin. He's back. He's Tom, back! stop, stop. Uh, it's Austin driving back to the arena. He looks furious in his broken up truck. Look at your rubbish truck, Steve. Yeah, Austin's like I couldn't. I couldn't get very far because the, the wing mirror's out. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't see. It was too dangerous to drive, so I don't want to. I don't want to harm the people around me with risking this chase, so I came back. <laughs> Hello? Jim Ross, why are you dead? He's like, What's I had this big to... brown stain around you? Oh, God. <laughs> sorry, Jim. Sorry, Jim. I'm back. I have to escape. <laughs> the city was sticky and cruel. <laughs> I'm trying to drive around at the speed of sound. I have nowhere to go. No places to visit. I drove all night to get to you. <laughs> I thought I'd follow you so you could set me free. <laughs> to go, we could escape. Oh, you're dead, doesn't matter. <laughs> Austin, get back to the venue. <laughs> Austin grinding on rails. <laughs> That's a mod I want, please. Steve Austin in Sonic Adventure. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, John, course, what would like that, that look like? He wouldn't look like that, Tom, because the first level's him running away from a vehicle trying to hit him. <laughs> oh, was... bad memories, by God. <laughs> Rikishi in the truck chasing him up the wall. I am the bad man. That's <laughs> what I am. I am the bad man. <laughs> I've got the master plan. Oh, wait, I have a triple H. Yeah. I can't think of anything that could fit the next lyric. <laughs> Make it look so easy, don't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> My ass is fat because I eat spaghetti out of the can. <laughs> Swing and a miss. Let's go back to the match. Giant Xbox sucks chance ring out as he gets the Bronco Buster on Jeff Hardy. Jericho makes the hot tag to take out Xbox with his spinning heel kicks and the double powerbomb from WF No Mercy, the N64 game. Yeah. Which, of course, gives you the pay-per-view by yelling, give me the pay-per-view three times. While pressing upsy and downsy. <laughs> X-Pac blocks the lion salt and it all breaks down with everyone getting the ring for a big old argy-bargy until, wait, wait, Tom, 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 stop presenting evening radio and let us know about the bypass. Austin is here <laughs> to attack everyone with chairs and then hit the referee and then stun a slaughter. Wow, it's like Austin 98. He never left. He did leave several times. He never <laughs> left. He, he's, he's still got it. He hasn't still got it. He's still a bit banged up. <laughs> Uh, because, of course, when Austin isn't around, everyone should be asking, by God, where's Austin? <laughs> and that ends that match. 
Uh, not that big of a fan of this type of thing. I'm all right with it if it happens once, but mm. all six men of these ma- people in the match are over. They're very over. Mm. And they have stuff to do at No Mercy in three days' time. So to have Austin come out and hit them all is like, it's a bit counterproductive. But if, I'll give it a pass if it's once. Yeah. If it's every week, then sod off. Would you have felt better had they had, say, X-Pac and Edge and Christian? Tiger Ali Singh. We're, yeah, well, Tiger Eisen just watches stoically at ringside about all of this. He could have stepped in at any point and didn't. Um, uh, what if Edge and Christian and X-Pac had won via shenanigans? So the Hardys and that leave the ring, and E and C and X are all there going, yay, we're the best, and then Austin's music hits. Because they were being shitty to him and JR earlier, he just clatters all three of them. Would that have been that would make slightly sense, more yeah. palatable? Yeah, there you go. As long as there's a reason for him doing that. Well, he insulted them backstage. Ah, you know, yeah, fine, exactly. Yeah. Like, wow, that fine. great young tag team, the Hardy Boys, who didn't do anything. Oh, oh, they've got a hit. All right. Yeah, but they're in the ring with Steve Austin, so like that, that improves their stock. <laughs> Somebody will claim that. Somebody will claim that. Oh, it improves their Triple it, H. their stock levels go up because they're in there with Steve Austin. Yeah, Triple H will claim it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, The Rock is here backstage and he's happy to be back in cleveland ohio Ohio. the rock has been feeling out of it since he found out about rikishi but one man has helped him and that one man is kurt angle all the rock has been thinking about is being kurt angle you know and he says i'd be thinking about kane who's a monster (laughs) now i think about benoit who's could be proved wrong soon he does the voice but then those people haven't thought as much of him as Kurt Angle. Drinking milk has calcium, and that's good for the bones. So let the rock talk like you, Kurt Angle, so you get it. You see, me and you, Kurt, we're going to have mini moves exchange on Sunday. Armbar, arm lock. But there's one move that the rock has for you. He's going to take his boot, turn it horizontal, and blah, 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 ass. And then Rock goes off on Steph. You think because you've obtained the services of Steph, a $2? No. A 50 cent? No. A buy two, get one free. Does anyone have change for a nickel? Gonna believe? <laughs> this isn't the Olympics, Kurt. You're not facing the Bulgarians or the Hungarians. You're facing the great one if you smell it. It's been a few weeks since I've had a tremendous Rock promo. This was one of them. This this is this is one of those ones that people remember, like the 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 marking down of the price of Stephanie is a particular oh. moment that a lot of people remember and call back to. See, you buy one, you get one. I said you buy, you one, buy one, you get, you get, one, get one free. free. <laughs> Discount all steps tonight. Ah, so thank you, Rock. Uh, Trish walks backstage with a book to get ready for her WF Women's Title shot next. I. Hope for his sake, it's a primer guide for Tess to help him with Final Fantasy X. He's got near hope. <laughs> so, wait, it's Trish versus Lita next? Pfft, that'll never work. Anyway, Trish, in the middle of the ring, reads the definition of the word champion from the dictionary. She says she possesses all these qualities, whereas her opponent, that's look for her definition in the big book, Lita. Uh, Bimbo, who has her pants too low, and is a cheap bimbo. Oh. Not a fantastic <laughs> promo, but the fact that Trish I, I got promo it. time at all is Oh, uh, but I hated this. I this this I mean, didn't scan for me. 
the whole Trish with the dictionary, Trishionary, if you will. It just didn't work. It didn't flow. Like, it's not Trish's style to come out with a dictionary and to go, oh, this is what champion means. This is what Lita means. It just, you know, if this was, uh, you know, if this was Le Levy Bates as the librarian, then yes. But as Trish Stratus, uh, just doesn't. This just didn't click for me. I think it was, it's always nice to try stuff and see if it works. This didn't scan, and I'm glad yeah. that Trish reading from the dictionary wasn't a thing that stuck around because it just didn't work. It didn't help that Lola was like, "Oh, I'd like to book her." Oh, <laughs> hey, you and me, Trish, we can read the Kama Sutra together. Oh, that's a book. Oh, Lola, that's a book. Lola showed his colors beautifully, uh, in, 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 in or terribly rather, when she what, was bladed. about to read from the book and. Uh, and Jerry Lawler said, oh, Trish can read? <laughs> God. Christ, Jerry. Heaven Women can them. drive? <laughs> Women could say no to me? <laughs> Whatever next? Flying pigs? Oh, all the landmines getting dropped on that segment. Lita shows up and gets a slap before TNA show up to push her off the top very, very quickly. <laughs> I think we're running late on the show. Lita kicks out and delivers a head scissors to Trish, which Cole calls a hurricane runner because of course he does. Because of course. Albert misses an avalanche in the corner and Test gets kicked low. Leader fighting off T and A and T, that's Tat, by herself. <laughs> Crowd actually going, all right, yeah, Leader's going to beat all of them. That's awesome. Then Leader tries a diving Frankenstein off the top, but gets powerbombed brutally by Test for the DQ. <sighs> Ref was very lenient there because Leader was fending them off, but Good God, that powerbomb. That was a beefy powerbomb, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely horrible. Uh, the APA show up to beat up Test some more because it's like opening a can of Pringles. It's hard to stop <laughs> once you've started. And that's why they're wrestling each other this Sunday at No Mercy. Uh, yeah, just a match to get APA and TNA hitting each other hard. Are all these teams in the tag team table match? I'm no. Have to... No. No, TNA and APA are separate. Oh, okay. They're in a separate match. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. The Dudley's table thing is just something for the Dudley's to do. Just, yeah, just puts them on the pay-per-views, doesn't it? Yeah. And some of the other people who were kind of there, like Taz and Raven or Too Cool. So, yeah. yeah. Right, that's Yeah, you enough. exist. <laughs> Triple H tells Steph he doesn't want Steph in Kurt's corner tonight. And she tells him he she'll make the right decision and we just get the exact same scene we saw earlier. But with Triple H doing the slow realization face, not as good as Kurt. And with Steph, uh, sorry, with Steph, with Cole going, but what does that mean? Like, all right, Jesus, okay. <laughs> he's hot when he's cold, and he's cold when he's hot. He's Michael Cole. But anyway, tonight, right now, the Four Corners match with hey, Tyler I like a Four Corners match. They don't, they don't get enough of a run out anymore. Oh, you'll love this one then. Benoit and The Rock start off. Chopping each other silly. The Rock drags Benoit over to Kurt Angle's corner and demands he tags Benoit's hand so Rock can take on Kurt. And Kurt just pretends to talk to Steph rather than acknowledge Rock. And that was the highlight of the show so far for me. Just that amazing bit. Rock going, go on, go on, tag him in. And Kurt yeah. going, doo, 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 doo. I'm going to look <laughs> over here right now. Hey, what's up, Steph? Triple H gets him instead. And after Benoit stun guns Triple H, Kurt reaches over and blind tags Benoit because Kurt only wants to tag in when Triple H is down. 
But Triple H, the bravest baby face to ever exist. <laughs> Let's Rock tag in and get some Kurt. Crowd very hard for that. Rock bounces him around until Kurt belly to belly's the Rock and then tags in Triple H, who reluctantly comes in and gets ready to pedigree Rock until Kurt clotheslines him. Ha ha ha. Kurt then makes a mistake of clotheslining the Rock too. So when both men recover, they drag Angle into the ring and beat him down collectively. It all breaks down with Triple H and the Rock showing one another who can ram their opponent on the ring steps the best. A very funny moment. It is a few weeks ago as well. It was great then. It's great now. The Rock lands the Rock bottom, but Triple H breaks it up at two. Triple H gets pedigree to Benoit, but Rock breaks that up at two. And then we get the dramatic stare down from the top two baby faces. The Rock and... Uh, I guess it is Triple H right now. The toppest of all the baby faces, yeah. Triple H. Mm-hmm. In, in the absence of anybody else, the number two baby face. And Lola says, this is like the Middle East. Ceasefires only last a few minutes. <laughs> Benoit low blows Triple H and delivers Air Canada onto Triple H for two as The Rock pulls him off. And then The Rock lands the people's elbow onto Triple H, but Steph pulls The Rock off. Rock <laughs> makes chase, but Benoit lays him out as he guns for Steph. And Kurt sneaks the win on Triple H with Stephanie looking shocked as Lawler wonders if Steph had the chance to stop it. But while they're both speculating, Benoit stretches Triple H once again. Then The Rock chases Steph away, so Kurt attacks him. But this results in The Rock locking in the sharpshooter on Kurt. So with the sharpshooter on Kurt and the crossface on Triple H, Stephanie can't decide who to help. (laughs) So eventually Benoit crossfaces The Rock instead, and Steph does nothing to end the show. Further speculating... Which side is she on? Dun, dun, and you know dun. what? I thought this was a fantastic main event. Brilliant, I love the it? dynamics. Very well done. Easy to highlight the show for myself. What about you, Tom? Loved it. Great. Just just great action all the way. I liked the mixing up of different wrestlers. It's nice to see Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle still breathing that, that heady main event air at this point, which is lovely to see. Um, the finish puts The Rock in jeopardy going into the pay-per-view on Sunday and makes Benoit look like a monster going into his match against Triple H. Um, I want to give a special shout to a guy in the crowd who I spotted during this match. Uh, If you watch this back, it's a guy who sat just behind Tiger Ali Singh, who is still stoically facing the hard cam, as he has done throughout the entire night. This guy, I'm confused. He's sending me mixed messages. He holds up a sign saying, Jenny, marry me, like excitedly. And then he realizes he's on camera and he puts the sign down, laughing to himself, and flips the bird to everybody. <laughs> like, was that to oh. Jenny? Was that just because you were on camera and that was sort of the cool thing to do in 2000? Was to go, hey, my fingers up. It was just to go from a marriage proposal within 60 seconds from that to, hey, middle fingers up, lads. Such weird messaging. I know just like looking through the front row of the crowd on the hard cam, there was a lot of I think they're called chads now. A lot of chads in the crowd <laughs> for this show. Just a lot yeah. of just a lot of sort of boys, a lot of F boys who are just like there like flipping off the camera and like going, Hey, look how great we are <laughs> wrestling. Um it was a lot of that bollocks. And that he was one that stood out to me in particular. <laughs> I noticed. Bless you, yes. Lots of chads. Lot of chad action. Lot of chad action from this crowd. Looking at you, Cleveland. Stop being chad. Yeah, Cleveland. Oh, oh so Detroit was... Rock City, as Road Dog would call you. <laughs> so that was SmackDown. Uh, next show, we're three, three days away in, in this time from No Mercy 2000 for the N64. Um, 
What was something that you remembered from this show, Matthew? I remember. The love that you gave me. Now that I remember Rikishi destroying the uh the car was it a car was it, i can't say in the car but they're so big back there it's not it's right, a truck it's it? a big old pickup truck it doesn't yeah okay big it's sometimes pickup. hard for me to tell the difference between american car and american truck because they're both huge mm. big old pickup truck yeah the big iron big iron big iron on his hip so that i remember what about yourself tom uh from this it was um yeah again rikishi just battering austin's car uh, was it was an amazing visual in this one. I also remember from this the um, the Eddie Guerrero promo because I just thought like he's in full sleaze bag mode here, and all the stuff that was, I thought like a well put together segment with right to center getting involved. Billy Gunn doing that run where he hits the ring and nearly flies out the other side of it, um, and then Valvina showing off his blue thunder. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. that was something I remembered from this. What about what was something that you'd forgotten from this show? Yeah, Billy Gunn as groundskeeper Willie on the Halloween episode. <laughs> Listen, China, I can get you back to your own time, but you've got to do it exactly as I go. Oh, I'm bad at this. <laughs> that was Billy Gunn attempting to save China and getting beat up. <laughs> After last week showing up to defend China and getting beat up. <laughs> what a comeback. The thing I remember, sorry, the thing I forgot and now remember, looking back on it, is the strange build for this because of the main matches have tremendous build i remember no mercy being great for the matches like kurt angle versus the rock and triple h taking on benoit and also rikishi versus stone cold which is going to be as good as it was going to be the rest uh jericho takes on x park in a cage that's been well done because those are two being feud in since last month so this is like the blow off and i'm fine with that you know we just had a cage match on the last pay-per-view yeah it's fine it's a good match. It's all right. Who cares? It's fine. Uh, the tag team scene is based around Los Condisadores and the Hardy Boys. Okay, fine. It's had a few weeks build. That kind of makes sense. Right to censor. Uh, take on Billy Gunn in China. Even though the thing, as you've said and I've said, Billy Gunn, all right, happy to see you, pal. Eddie versus China is the, the blow-off. We haven't. We didn't get the blow-off in mm. the end, did we? We just had that. Uh, the APA... Take, oh, it's actually a three-person. Oh, uh, APA and Lita taking on TNA and Trish. Fair enough. That kind of makes sense. Sure, but it's a bit thrown together. Who cares? William Regal not defending his title against Al Snow, who he has been feuding with. But instead, the man who has no mention on this week's podcast. And I'm glad. Naked Midian. <laughs> yeah. Where is he? Where's there he me? is. He just got a promo. Thank you, Naked Minion, for coming. Appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, WF still hot. The mm. headliners are still tremendous. The storylines are mostly still good. But there's a noticeable come down from the buildup of previous shows. I think they really have put all their eggs in one basket. The Austin eggs, the Rikishi eggs, the, all the main event is fine. The undercard getting a bit messy this time around. Hopefully get resolved for the next show after that. But in terms of like that, that main crowd like i thought in terms of things that i've forgotten the 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 main event that four corners match was excellent mm. loved that as that was a, a solid match that i would quite happily watch again like on on its own without doing this review i'd happily watch that again 
Very, very good match. Lovely stuff. Good SmackDown. Good SmackDown overall, I thought. Good SmackDown. And we're ready for No Mercy 2000. And as is typical with yourself and myself, Matthew, what we do, uh, instead of doing a, uh, a, a sprinted run through an episode, we stick the show on, we press play, and we offer an alternative commentary to the WWF pay-per-view experience. And next week, on the same day, next Saturday, uh, you and I, Matthew Gregg, will be joined by a very old friend of mine. He's not very old. He's quite a young man. Yeah. And he's he, you may have heard him, if you are into your cartoons and your, uh, your animated specials, you may have heard him on Fan Off's Generation Animation. Uh, you may have heard him in a podcast that we used to do many years ago called Weird Science, where we were watching back episodes of ECW on sci-fi and kind of figuring out what on earth was all that about. Um, sadly, we don't, we haven't done that podcast for many years, but I'm delighted that we get a little reuniting uh, next week as Dave Roberts from Generation Animation will be here to watch it with us. And if you've never met Dave Roberts, if you're not familiar with Generation Animation, you're going to fall in love with him when we meet him next week, just as you fell in love with Matthew Gregg all those years ago when he said, look at this funny video of a man falling falling over in a wrestling match. And the rest was history. Right, sir? <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. But that is yes. next week. What you got coming up, Math? What are you working on? More Botchamania stuff. Thank you for Botchamania, doing the Prap of the Rapper yay. intro, by the way. Thank you for the Prap of the Rapper outro. Oh, you're well. No, thank you for it. I'm you delighted know. that that Gas, 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 gas. <laughs> you did a lovely remix of it. That, that's and it was good because uh, I thought, that's good, but it needs just a bit more. So I hope it goes, you got to do it again. And he goes, what? I'm like, hey, Giz used to say that. Good shout. That was a good call. It, it, it brought a cheer to my eye, or maybe that was Chop Chop Master Onion. Who can tell, Tom? <laughs> so more of that, more Colorholic stuff with the podcast on Thursday, and I will be doing my Twitch streaming. Right now, I think I'm going through the Sonics. Yeah, you played, yes, you played the Mass System on the other night. I was delighted. Good God. Um because I wanted to see, I think I've said to you many a times that I consider my system version superior to the Mega Drive. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure that's still right, but it is way harder. It's a challenge, and isn't it? That last boss, bloody hell. Um, <laughs> because you get no rings, so it's one hit kills, and using the power of the Master System controller on with the weird momentum system, it took a long time to kill. I was raging. I'm like, my God, I can't believe this. Their boss, the bosses in those games are unbelievably cunty. Yeah. They really So are. I think this week I'll play Sonic 2 for Mega Drive and then Sonic 2 for the Master System the week oh, after. And I might have to yes. practice for that. Yes. I can't wait, mate. I can't wait. Because yeah. I can't even remember getting past the glider bit. Sonic the, now the glider bit when i streamed it the glider bit gazumped me because the glider is so difficult to control like it is such a chew on to get it but once you get the rhythm then it's a breeze quite literally yeah. a breeze um uh, but you, once you've got it once you get the hang of that rhythm then once you do that it'll be fine but it's a cracker i'm looking forward to watching you do that i'm very much looking forward to watching you do that because yeah sonic we we'll have to figure out to do some heart. sort of competitive sonic thing Monstrous Everybody meme. super Sonic racing. Yes. <laughs> Is that not online yet? <laughs> Sonic R. Yes, bring it back, you cowards. You cowards. You cow you cowards. Sonic Team Racing is on um PlayStation now. No. Oh, I've got that on Steam. Um mm. I've got one of them, because they did the reload it or whatever, but 
it's all right, isn't it? It's all right. It's it wasn't too bad. I appreciate all the uh, Sega stuff. It's harmless, isn't it? Homages and references and Golden Axe and whatever. So played Sonic Forces for the first time the other day. Oh, bloody how dreadful. Is it? <laughs> so sad. So sad. So ah. uh, this week I'll do a little cheeky plug. Um, Desert Island Graps coming up on Wednesday with Luke Hawks, who is not only uh, a solid wrestler, he's also in a, in a father-son tag team, one of the, the first father-son tag teams. Stick it, the Mysterios, uh, with his son PJ Hawks. Uh, Luke's also a stuntman. He has been biffed around by The Rock, and he had an adamantium claw stuck through his head by Hugh Jackman. So he's got some great stories to share, and he'll be chatting with us about uh, the series Heels that he's in, and you'll be picking three wrestling matches to watch on a desert island as well. So that's on Desert Island Graps next week. Um, that's I, nice. That I, is Alter Boy Luke from XP Dub. <laughs> yes, it is. And you look at a picture of Alter Boy Luke next to Luke Hawks. They look like different people. They look like completely oh, yeah. I mean, he, different people. I'm sure he's, he's, he's uh, hopeful for that, given how skinny he was as Luke. He was a skinny boy. Bless him. Bless him. Also, I want to give a cheap plug. Um, I'm on uh, Pro Wrestling for Life this week, which is Xbox podcast. Uh, I've been invited. Are you by God? I am indeed. Myself and Jimmy Corderas are on uh, the episode that's just come out, and uh, we 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 were. T- I was invited to come on the show, and obviously I pursued this, and and they said, "Oh, pick a pick a match for for you guys to talk about." And I don't know why off the top of my head I went Capital Carnage '98, you versus The Rock. And mm. and then and then I watched episodes with like Dave Meltzer in when he talks about Xbox Time in Japan and like Conrad Thompson who talks about uh, a beefy match with him NWO versus WCW and I went oh I feel I don't know if I I think I might have picked a picked a rubbish one now it's Capital Car but that what we end up doing though what we end up doing is we talk about like wrestling in the UK and I was just always intrigued as to how the the wrestlers see those UK only pay per views because they they were really pumped out advertising wise over here but they had no real um there was they were there was no recall for them on the tv show so i was just we chat about that and about british wrestling in general so uh, that's on pro wrestling for life this week me and my new best oh, friend, lovely my best friend xbox we are best mates now we are best Dude, the times friends. i've talked to him he's, he's been very nice yeah he's lovely i'm surprised you haven't been asked to go on it yet mate since you have a a bit of a back history with you two i'll message him now and go Oi. do it get on there who did you talk to? X Park or is it? Um, I would. I'll, I'll send you the details when we come off air. <laughs> Doing live prep on the. It's, it's enough. Yeah. Like, we'll do, I'll what a great you. podcast this has been! <laughs> I'll send you it after I go. He is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. <laughs> we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Where have, where have I been this week? Oh God! Yeah, wait. I'm not even on the bus. I'm on again. I'll play No Mercy instead of the N64. Colonel XB, take the week off. Love you, bye. <laughs> that was in Kane. <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.